2: Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment.
3: This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game.
1: Curry will screen for Draymond. Pass over to Kaminga. Dunk it
3: right over the top of Jackson. A oh. right-hand slam. It
1: was Savage. A little elevation sensation. Yeah, a great night from Jonathan Kaminga. We'll start with the good news there and the call from... Tim and Jim here on ninety-five seven. The game as uh, Kaminga played thirty minutes in this one, scored twenty-four points. He started off making four or five from three. I do think it was part of the Grizzlies' game plan to help off of Kaminga and also give Kaminga shots that that you want. As a defender for him to take, but he took him. He was comfortable in taking him, and, and really one of the better games of the season, I thought, from from Jonathan Kaminga, as uh, he finishes with 24 points to lead the Warriors. But it's not nearly enough. Another bad first quarter for Golden State. They fight back in the middle too, have a shot in this game at 108, 106 down the stretch. But then it is all grizzlies from there as the grizzlies beat the warriors 133 to 119 so as we welcome you inside warriors wrap up here on 95 7 the game it's john dickinson with you phone number to participate in the program is eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero and just more bad defense for the warriors in in this one and another night where the Warriors' opponent knocks down a huge percentage from three-point range. And and the article from The Ringer going back to the middle of this past week showing the disparity in three-point percentage for the Warriors' opponents in games played at Chase Center versus games played on the road And it's actually gotten worse. There was an 8.3% difference, I think it was. It was roughly 32% teams shoot from three against the Warriors at Chase. And it's about 40.5% on the road. And it's gone up over the last three games on the road. When you look at what Atlanta was able to do last night, the Clippers shot 47% from three in the, the road trip opener. And the Grizzlies tonight, 18 of 38 from three-point range. And the Grizzlies were playing without a couple of starters in this game, including their best player in Ja Morant. But they shoot 47% from three, and it was a night where second of a back-to-back for both teams, but just not enough defense again for the Warriors and not enough for the big three. And from the big three. Now, this is the first game really in the last two weeks since Stephen Curry's been back, where Curry didn't shoot it particularly well, and I thought the Grizzlies' defense was trying to, to limit Steph's sh- shooting opportunities. And Dylan Brooks does a nice job on him for all the antics and the nonsense surrounding Dylan Brooks. He's a good defender when he's locked in and, and not running his mouth and the Grizzlies are a good defensive team, especially at home where they have the best record in the NBA and, and some similar, although not quite as great, but similar home road splits where the Grizzlies play at a much higher level and score the basketball. Grizzlies pretty much a good defensive team, home and away, but they're a much better offensive team when they play at home, sometimes struggle to score when they are away from FedEx Forum. But uh, these last two games here are facing the Warriors in Memphis over the last week and a half, similar. Not quite as bad a first quarter for the Warriors in this one, but bad enough to be down 33 23 at the end of one. And then the fourth quarter after the Warriors had cut it down all the way to two, fought, scratched, clawed, big third quarter. Warriors in the third quarter to get back into the game and and give themselves a chance to snap what now is an 11-game road losing streak with two games to go here on the road trip and now 10 games to go overall, but it it wasn't enough. Even the 19 free-throw attempts the Warriors had in the third quarter, not enough to really even have a shot at this one in the final six minutes. Grizzlies put it away. Steve Kerr tapped out, pulled the plug with about four and a half minutes to go. The Warriors are on to Houston, and that game on Monday in Houston now becomes, in my opinion, a must-win game as the Warriors dip now to 36-36. and They've had a good scoreboard beneath them in the Western Conference playoff race over the last couple of weeks, so they're not out of it by any means, although they do now firmly sit in seventh in the West. They slipped behind Dallas. Those two teams had come into play tied with each other. Minnesota lost beneath them. The Lakers have lost a couple in a row beneath them. Utah's losing right now at home to Boston late beneath them. And on the outside looking in, the Pelicans and Blazers can't buy a win. So uh, the Warriors still holding on to that seventh spot and still two games to go on this road trip as they take on the Rockets and the Mavs. So 888-957-9570 if you want to give me a call or shoot me a text. We'll get to your calls. We'll get to your text messages. John Dickinson here, Warriors wrap-up ninety 95.7 The Game, your secret sauce of the game, your hardest working player. We will also hear from Steve Kerr. But let's uh, let's get to the phones here and, and, and get it rolling with Nick in San Jose up first here tonight on a Saturday night on Warriors wrap-up a 95.7 The Game. What's going on tonight, Nick? What do you got?
3: Hey, JT, I am thankful for you, man. And when you and Steiner are together...
1: Nick, are you there? I love it. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, Nick. No, Nick. No, Nick. All right. No, Nick. Nick, give us a call back. We'll get you right to the front of the line here. 888-957-9570 here on Warriors Wrap Up. Uh, How bad was Klay Thompson tonight? And Klay Thompson, you look at, at his numbers... And Clay Thompson, I think Clay tonight was the the worst player on the floor for for the Warriors. When you look top to bottom, uh, he was a minus thirty. He was six of seventeen and, and two of nine from three. And he just he can't defend. He can't move. He's really got, I think, one trick in his bag at this point, and that is. The ability to uh, you know the ability to not be able to to knock down to knock down shots and so uh, you know when he's not knocking down shots a lot of these other nights it's like well what else is he doing well and I think that becomes something that's that's problematic and so yeah I, I think. I, I think clay he just he looked tired tonight, he looked like he wasn 't moving well, and again he looked like a player, which has been exceedingly frustrating in that when the shots aren 't going down, it looks like he doesn 't have any answer other than just keep chucking them up and I think that 's something that that has continued to put the warriors. In vulnerable positions in a lot of these games where they've made runs and the games are kind of hanging there. And it's just that simple adjustment to, Hey, you're not having a good night or the team is not having a good night in a particular way. Let's go away from something and try to keep the ball moving. It just, it just seems like there's just this, this hell bent defiance toward I'm going to play the way that I've always played. And that's either going to be good enough or bad enough. And as a four time champion, I get it to a certain extent but at the same time you also have to acknowledge the fact that it just just isn't isn't good enough you know and and you know clay on the road we can get into some of the road home road splits but clay on the road has been just bad really he has been his own personal home road split differential with with you know some of the big games and and lighten up chase center and the energy and everything that comes through it vintage clay performances but on the road it's been much more like the october november december clay thompson than the guy that we've seen at home and the guy that that has really tried to to tell the world that, that he's back and, and playing at the same level and it, on the nights where he doesn't make shots you just look around sometimes with how bad his defense is and and the inability to, to move and, and falling off of guys and allowing open shots and you just it, it just it, it, it's in a way kinda of sad sometimes. Like wow this like he really isn't on the nights where it's bad. It's really bad. And I think that's probably the the biggest differential between the two. All right, let's give this another shot. Eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Yeah, I I did not uh, here, Nick when he was on the line but uh, we can try him again Sterling says so let, let's try Nick again here uh, on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game what's going on Nick
3: hey buddy first of all I love you and Steiny together it's an intellectual man's a dream when you two are together you see the game so well uh, a couple of direct questions and observations for you JT number one I can't, I can't remember a team, even in the run-TMC days, with a lawyer's inability to keep people in front of them. And I'm sick and tired of listening to Fitz on TV talking about, I can't believe they're shooting three-pointers as well against us. It's obvious why they are, because we can't stay in front of someone that we have to help, and it's wide-open threes. And NBA players can hit wide-open threes. So my first question to you is, why can't we stay in front of someone and why are we so disconnected? For the first time in God knows how long, the bench picked us up, and the starters were putrid today. That's question two of my last two questions. Why won't Steve Kerr at least get a Scottish temper with the media after the game or yell at someone during the game? And then the last question is, Draymond said on one of his point podcasts earlier this year, I blame myself because I'm in charge of the defense. His body language and his play tonight was atrocious. Why can't he get the defense connected, bro? Those are four questions. Please answer them for me, JT. I'm befuddled, dude.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. And it's J.D. Yeah, yeah I, I like you. Good phone calls. Appreciate the praise. If you're running material by calling me J.T. instead of J.D., then I'll never take your phone call again. We'll just keep it like that, like right off the top, point-blank, straightforward, you know, keeping it real here tonight on ninety-five-seven games. I don't know if that's running material or not, but you know, just it's not JP, it's not JC, it's JD, and not JT. Uh, that being said, I'll try to answer your questions here. Uh, as far as the defense, they don't have enough good defensive players on the floor at the same time to keep uh, def- to keep the opponent in front of them. It's been a problem all year. I think part of the problem has been. Andrew Wiggins is their best on-ball defender, and and they haven't had him. Clay Thompson is not an on-ball guarding dude to attack as guards type of a player anymore. He's more of a wing or a wing big type defender now than than he used to be. You know, Steph Curry does the best he can, and and the irony is Steph Curry among. Him and Poole and Clay Thompson is the best defender the Warriors have now against those kinds of guards. And when you factor out Dante Divincenzo, who's pretty good at it, they they slide Kaminga over to try and defend some of those types of of players now. But they they just don't have the ability. They don't have the talent, frankly. They don't have the guys that are that are athletic enough to do it. And and I think not having Wiggins. In many ways, wrecks the entire defensive scheme to a certain extent. They're hoping they get him back. They're hoping they get Gary Payton, the second pack, who obviously can be plugged onto uh, an on ball. Uh, offensive player and that can help stop some of it. I think the other part is when guys are constantly getting beat and we've talked about that a lot, then the help defense gets wonky. You know, you've got players that are helping off because players are getting beat and then it becomes an easy pass to a three-point shooter for a wide open shot. But it all to me starts with with the point of attack defense and the other thing that I've harped on a ton over the course of of this season but but even more so recently is the warriors bad like they're bad shots and bad offense what whether it's turnover they had everybody and then and then Wiggins was out again, and then you know Curry went out again and 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 all of that so they've they've had a lot of players. In and out, and and so just when it's been about go time, they've lost somebody else. But the most part, they've just they've lost games, and and I think everything's going to be on the table for this team as we move forward this off season, if, if depending upon how this thing shakes out. And yes, you know as much as I've been reluctant to go down this path, the Warriors could miss the playoffs. They could now. Now the trends. Are saying if you just want to go straight through, the trends are saying, hey, they're going to win four out of the last five home games, and they're going to win four of the last five, or lose four of the last five road games, or go five and zero and zero and five. You know, however you want to add it up. Well, they're thirty-six and thirty-six right now. So if they do that, they're forty-one and forty-one. Well, right now, forty-one and forty-one would be good enough for seventh because Minnesota is a couple of games under five hundred. The eight seed now is two under. OKC is 2 under. The Lakers are 3 under, and Utah got to win so Utah actually moves to to 2 under right now so the, so the Jazz are actually going to move into 10th and the Lakers are going to move to the outside looking in now as they've dropped a couple of games in a, in a row, but it's it's not off the table that that the Warriors miss the playoffs. Now, again, 41 and 41 might be good enough to be 7th. And then we're going to see who's actually playing for the Warriors if they have to play a play in game on on April 11th or or April 12th. You know, a a home game at Chase against Minnesota or OKC or Utah, you know, or the Pelicans or somebody like that. I think the Warriors would feel pretty confident in that. But there's a difference between thinking you can win a game and thinking you can can win uh, a championship. And, you know, this team just all year long for a number of different reasons, just hasn't been good enough. But if you look at the guys that are playing on a on a night-in, night-out basis, and, and you look at, at, at tonight in particular, like, tonight is simple. Tonight wasn't about the young guys. Tonight wasn't about Anthony Lamb. Tonight wasn't about Jermichael Green. Tonight wasn't about Moses Moody. And tonight was about Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, who actually got his ass kicked tonight, by by the Memphis Bigs, you know you gotta call it like you see it. And and Jordan Poole wasn't very good tonight. You know, Kaminga was good tonight, but you know, Kaminga being your best player isn't gonna cut it. You know, as great as that is to see Kaminga be able to do that in a matchup where you want to see him be able to do that with a team that has the size of the Grizzlies, like that that bodes well for Kaminga's future. But you don't want Kaminga to be your best player ever. You know, that that that's a recipe to probably be taking an L. And again, no fault of his own. He's the lone bright spot, really, for for me tonight outside of the third quarter where the Warriors got to the free throw line 19 times. I mean, name somebody else who played well tonight. It, there there really wasn't anybody who played well tonight. Moses Moody and mop up duty played played well tonight, I guess. As the Warriors end up losing this game, one thirty three. 888 957 9570 It's John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap Up of 957 the game. Uh, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Steve Kerr. We'll come back. We'll get your secret sauce of the game. And uh, continue to break this one down. but We do have a couple of phone lines open if you want to join the conversation, some text messages to get to as well. But uh, here's here's a couple of minutes. of Steve he met with the media uh, in Memphis.
0: Steve, you got it to one session a couple of times early right. in the fourth. What happened at that point that they were? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? to take over.
5: Yeah, we I thought we could have done a better job early in the fourth of executing. I thought we got a little quick, uh, took some ill-advised shots and and a couple of them led to transition threes for them and uh, give them credit they made 18 threes, you know, they shot 47% from 3 and some of them were uh, were transition um, open ones. Some of them were contested and tough shots. So, um, and I give them credit for um, for playing a great game. Um, I thought we had had our chances, but slipped away there in the uh, those, those first five minutes of the fourth quarter when, as you said, we were one possession away, and uh, we just didn't execute at that stage. What
3: did you just think about Jonathan Kaminga tonight and what he was able to do?
5: Yeah, JK was great. You know, he, he played, uh, both ends, um, knocked down his threes, rebounded well. Um, that was the biggest thing. That's the thing that we're looking for all the time. You know, he had eight rebounds tonight, three offensive. Um, if he adds that to his game consistently, it'll change everything, um, for him. And so we're going to stay on him about that. And it, he's a young guy. So he's, he's learning so much every single day and he's making strides. So, you know, very happy with his development.
1: Steve, the first game, I guess, first
6: game here, I mean, you know, Jaron was obviously a factor, but it seemed like in this game he was more of a of a factor. How much more challenging was he just kind of asserting the pain, not just with his defense, but with his offense kind of making it difficult being aggressive?
5: Yeah, I thought, I thought Jaron played a great game tonight. I thought, uh, you know, he, he was aggressive. He was scoring in the lane, knocked down a few threes as well, uh, but he had it going tonight for sure.
3: Stuff kind of struggled tonight. I know it's the back end of a back-to-back and you don't want to use fatigue as an excuse, but just, I guess, what did you think of the matchup with Dylan Brooks?
5: I thought um, the schedule kind of caught up a little bit to Steph, back-to-back, I think third and four nights, um, a lot of travel. First game he's had since he's been back, I think, that he didn't shoot well. And, um, you know, Brooks did a good job defensively, and, um, you know, but... Um, all in all, it just, it felt like, uh, Steph's legs just weren't quite there tonight. And, um, it's going to happen, you know, at, at 35, there's going to be some nights where, uh, especially on a back to back with uh, a lot of travel involved, flying cross country, all that stuff. Sometimes it catches up to you when you're a little older, but, um, he'll, he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, the interesting points there from Steve Kerr, and and a lot of the the familiar refrain. I mean, this you know a night like tonight is why I'm a little bit more reluctant when Steve Kerr says, "Hey, hey, I'm optimistic. I'm trying to keep a positive vibe going, and 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 good things are going to still come for this team ahead if if this team can can kind of stick with it." And there were moments in the games tonight where you felt like that was the case, but uh, I, I do think it was interesting that just that last part there about Steph. And the fact that you know the Warriors playing the back to back, and and Steph playing through it, and the Grizzlies are a tough matchup for for him. I think especially with how physically they they try and defend him, and Dylan Brooks, and all of that. And look, he's been able to get over on them when he's had to in, in the playoffs last year, and 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 the Warriors were able to do that as a collective. But you know, in March. Uh, in the middle of a long trip, on the second of a back-to-back, where you chased last night's game and didn't get it, uh, I, I can see where you know this can be the first night in two weeks where where Steph doesn't have a big game. Like really, when, when you talk about the the older players, and we've done it a lot here the last forty minutes. It's I mean nobody's Steph's been fine. Like all right, he he'd had a bad game tonight, but he's going to probably have eight good games out of the last 10 here assuming he's he's healthy and able to play in, in all of them so so really the question isn't about staff it's it's more about Draymond and it's more about Clay you know Draymond who made himself unavailable last night because he picked up that technical for throwing the ball at Russell Westbrook and Clay who has just been I think more inconsistent than people realize on the road here over the last few weeks. Like the home games have been so stellar that I think we forget how bad some of the road games have been. And and the Warriors need these guys to perform. Like the Warriors can't just go out there and play two bad quarters and win the game with eight great minutes. And Steph going off down the stretch, like those days are over, especially against other Western conference playoff teams on the road and you know, I I don't question at least at this point the Warriors' will to keep trying to to come after it. I know we had a text on the Xfinity Mo- mobile text line. The Warriors can beat any team in the West still in a seven game series. They've just got to dig deeper to get that six seed. Like I don't question until I see otherwise the Warriors' desire to dig deeper. They just aren't good enough consistently enough, and and you know some nights it's rebounding and. Every night it's been defense. I mean, they basically give up 130 to everybody every single night on the road. But some nights, Clay's good. Other nights, Clay's bad. Some nights, Jordan Poole's pretty good. Then other nights, Jordan Poole's bad. But whatever the bad is on a given night is enough to do them in. Whereas it used to be whatever was good on a given night would be so good that it would be enough to. To carry him to the finish line in, in some games where they otherwise had played poorly. So eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. Let's get to our secret sauce of the game, which is brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Why did the Warriors win? Why did the Warriors lose? Your secret sauce of the game for tonight here on 95-7 the game. And it's a, a familiar refrain. Uh, it is the three point shooting for the opposition on the road, already pushing 41% for Warrior opponents when the Warriors have been on the road. And the Grizzlies ticked that up another notch. Got off to the extremely hot start, 5 of 7 in the first quarter, 12 of 19 for Memphis in the first half from three point range. And they finish it at 18 of 38, 47.4%. You look at the Warriors on this road trip, and everybody keeps shooting the three ball against them at an extremely high level. The Warriors unable to overcome it, and they got beat tonight. It's rare they do, but tonight they did get beat at the three-point line by 15 in a game that they ultimately lost by 14, 133-119. So why did the Warriors win or lose? Tonight they lost, and it was the three-point shooting for the Grizzlies uh, an extension of the Warriors' bad defense. That secret sauce of the game brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways, now available in eight Bay Area locations, with the newest one being in Nevada. 888-957-9570. From the secret sauce, we go to Duck Sauce, who's up next here on the phone lines in San Jose on Warriors wrap-up. What's going on, Duck Sauce?
7: Hey. Hey JD, good to hear you tonight, brother. I missed. Uh, I was disappointed. I missed you and Whitey this morning because I was watching March Madness. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, <clears throat> make a couple points. Uh, one, I thought uh, the same the same time same thing that happened last game against Memphis. I thought our, our inability to, you know, stay in front of Ty Jones. I really thought he set, you know, set a tone in both games. Um, tonight, he did the exact same thing. He did the first game. He set a tone early. And, uh, I thought that was a, a big deal, you know, not being able to stay in front of him. Um, the other thing that, that really bothered me tonight, and I apologize if you might have said something about this already. I, I caught the show midway through, but, uh, <clears throat> I thought, uh, I think it was midway through the fourth. Um, you know, it was subtle, but Clay just, you know, you can see him sulking in the corner because pool didn't get him the ball. And I, I know pool can be frustrating. And I get all that, but. He did it like three times, you know, and I love Klay Thompson with all my heart, but like I'm just tired of the body language and the sulking. Like he, it's very subtle, but he just he just stands there for a second, kind of shakes his head instead of running back on defense. And he just this whole season to me, he's just coming off incredibly selfish. Like, and I just it's really wearing on me. And uh, I don't know if you caught that, but it's just been it's just bothering me, man, because it's just another thing we got to deal with. Uh, with everything else that's going on, and that's all I really had tonight. JD I just wanted to vent on that. Thanks, brother.
1: Yeah, no, Duck Sauce. I appreciate it. We we actually talked about it today on Warriors this week. How there have been really noticeable and not so noticeable moments involving Poole and all of the big three. Obviously, everybody goes to the the punch back to October, and and that's the 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 one that everybody knows about. But the game in OKC where Draymond quits on the play because Jordan Poole doesn't doesn't give him the ball, and so Draymond's got one. You've got another game against Memphis earlier in the year where Steph Curry gets ejected from the game because Jordan Poole took such a bad shot that Curry was so ticked that he threw his mouthpiece and the ref tossed him out of the game. Automatic ejection when you when you throw your mouthpiece. And so that's kind of one of those little eye roll moments. And Clay, I think Duck Sauce has had maybe more of the the, the more subtle ones that you're talking about than, than Draymond. Draymond and Curry have had, I think, fewer top to bottom, but the ones they've had were more noticeable. I didn't really notice it tonight as much, but I have definitely noticed a frustration with Klay Thompson and, and, and Jordan Poole. On the court, where these guys are just like, "Damn, like, dude, like, I can't believe you did that. That's such a bad play. We can't have this." But, but there is also a little bit of, you know, some something beneath the surface there, where there's a resentment toward he's the guy that makes a specific mistake that sets the big three off in a in a different way, and so, I mean, unless they can bring other players in like Wiggins and Payton that can protect Poole and allow him to become more of a a part of winning here either down the stretch or in the playoffs which is getting to be more and more of a long shot by the day the warriors ability to do this and make this run because it you know every game they lose just carries this weight that it feels like they're potentially you know, could break them at this point but i think i think pool's probably gone you know, I think they probably look to trade Pool. The problem is, Pool didn't have as much value as he would have had if he had just been able to have a similar type year that he had a year ago. But again, I do think part of it is the fact that Pool isn't playing around as many other good defenders. That's not an excuse. Like Pool's been lousy defensively, but it it goes to roster construction and the way teams are built and and all of that to where, you know, if Poole was out there with Gary Payton second a little more maybe Jordan Poole's defense wouldn't look as terrible. If he was out there with Wiggins a little bit more, maybe his defense wouldn't look as terrible. Maybe if they didn't have to go to the three-guard lineups as much because they're shorthanded in other areas of this roster, it wouldn't look as bad. Again, it's, it's on him, but part of how you build a winning team is you have players who have specific strengths that counter other players' weaknesses and to where those weaknesses don't kill you and the strengths can come out and help you win. And so it's, it's not entirely nothing either. But yeah, there's just, there's been a lot. The Warriors have been on the road, a bad body language team. They have. And a lot of that's been directed at Poole. And I even mentioned it when it went back to the punch. And I got a lot of heat for this duck sauce and for everybody else. You know, when, when Poole did, or, or when Draymond did what he did. As dead wrong as it was, and I've been adamant, and I don't back off of that for a second. As dead wrong as what Draymond did to Poole was, there were undertones of the fact that, like, he had it coming a little bit, and and you know the fact that he could be a frustrating player. And I remember, I go back to some of the off season stuff. Where Clay himself said he liked seeing Jordan Poole get humbled because he's so arrogant. And and I and I look, this is just me thinking out loud. I do think there's something to the fact that Jordan Poole has made a lot of money more quickly than Steph Clay and Draymond did. And you know, Jordan Poole winning a title and getting his, his 120, hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty large. You know, with Steph Curry, didn't get that kind of cash really until he didn't get a big payday until 2017, 18. I mean, they had already won a title with Durant when Curry finally got paid huge cash. Draymond, you know, Poole making more on this deal than Draymond had made at any point. You know, Clay didn't get paid until you know, in a in a in a massive massive way until the 2019. You know, he got his. You know, extension, which was the, the, the most he could get going back to after his first four years. But it really wasn't until that next one when he got hurt in 2019 where he's a guy that's you know upward north of 40 million years. So I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of resentment toward, hey, dude, like we've won four chips. We've earned it. And, and you got to play better to be on our level. And you just, you, you, he's the guy that makes the mistakes. And we all work with that guy, right? We all know that guy who just, when he does something wrong, because it's him and, it, and his personality type, it infuriates you exponentially more than it infuriates you if it's another guy. Like that's just that that's just on a human level, I think something that everybody can relate to, (laughs) even if it's a a brother or a family member or somebody you love. Everybody, just based on their personalities, has somebody that oh man, that dude did that. That sets me off in a different way than than if maybe it had been uh, another uh, another player. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's John Dickinson here for a few more minutes on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Let's get to our hardest worker of the game, which is brought to you by A.C. Transit. Curry with no room whatsoever. Drives on Jackson. Backs him out to the three-point line. Crossover dribble down the lane. Hook pass to Kaminga in the corner for a three. That's up and good. It's a one-point game, and Curry manufactured that whole situation right there.
5: Kaminga's three for three on threes already in the first quarter, Tim.
1: Yeah, Kaminga a big night, and I didn't even have to coordinate that with Sterling tonight. Like usually we're like, hey, who's going to be the hardest worker? I think it should be this guy. Sterling would be like, yeah, how about this guy. Let's try and pick a good highlight from from Tim and, and Jim, and but tonight was an easy one. It's Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga really did it all. Kept the Warriors in the game in the first half. Awesome game for Jonathan Kaminga. It's unfortunate that it comes in a game that does turn out to be so disappointing at the end of the night, with the Warriors losing it and not really having a chance to win it down the stretch when it was all said and done. But uh, a plus plus performance tonight from from Jonathan Kaminga, as uh, he is the hardest worker of the game. Twenty four points. Four of seven from three, he had eight rebounds, which I think the Warriors are probably as happy about as the three point shot. He had a block, he had a steal, he had three assists, like he was trying to play the right way. The massive dunk as well. And so uh Jonathan Kaminga is your hardest worker of the game, AC Transit, looking for hard workers and offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey-level mechanics to join their team for complete details and to apply. Visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. Jonathan Kaminga is your hardest worker of the game. All right, let's get to Draymond Green Uh, in his post-game press conference back at FedEx Forum in Memphis. Always like hearing Draymond win or lose uh, because he usually has something to say. So here is Draymond post-game after this one.
2: Open three-pointers usually come from uh, breakdowns at the point of attack. Then You're helping kick out threes well i think a lot of their threes also come off of wasn't so much turnovers tonight as you know you get bad shots uh you get bad offensive possessions and you get bad offensive possessions against a team like that it's the same as a turnover you know and so i think um you can help yourself out some there offensively uh by being better offense
3: what did you kind of see uh with memphis's defense in the third that kind of allowed you guys to get to the rim
2: Number one, I, I don't think we slowed the ball down. You know, you got some pace into the game, was able to get out in transition, uh, beat their size down the floor. And then we attacked to get some gaps, got into the foul line, and was able to cut the lead down, which you got to keep it going. It,
3: y'all got it within one session before, though. What changed at that point that they were
2: able to do it? I think we stopped making simple plays. Uh, we got back in the game just by making simple plays. And then, you know, you don't make simple plays, make a couple mistakes. They hit a couple of threes, extend the lead, and – you know, you've been fighting uphill battle all night, so it's hard to continue to come back. And I think we did that three or four times. Gotta get over the hump and you do that by making simple play after simple play after simple play and we didn't.
3: Down threes and attacking the rim and playing solid defense. There was at one point I wanna say it was in the third or fourth when he kinda of bobbled the ball and was able to pass it off, but you kind of pat him on the back and said you're fine and just reassured him. So what have you thought about his growth this season and also just the mental toughness of being such a young guy in this league and mistakes are bound to happen but being able to stay locked in and not let that have a ripple effect
2: i think his growth has been great um you know i think he's right where you'd hope a guy would be at at this point in his career continuing to grow and get better understanding more uh becoming more and more reliable that's all you can ask for uh as far as confidence you know you just got to stay the course everybody make mistakes you know, it's kind of a carryover. He bobbled the one on the fast break. And then you come down and you bobbled a couple of plays later, and you're like, Like, who cares? Playing great, you know. Everyone bobbles the ball. And so, you know, I think emotionally that's always a different hurdle to get over than, you know, necessarily play on a court. You know, it usually takes you to, a little longer to grow emotionally than it does from a skill perspective. And so, you know, you, you expect him to keep growing there, and I know he will, you know, but – you also can appreciate the competitiveness. Uh you know, a guy wanted to do everything right. You know, that's uh can't knock that, but at the same time, like I told him, you can't allow it to take you off your square either. It was a continuation from the from the from the fast break that he bobbled it and he lost it. Then you come down and you bobble it again and get a bit frustrated, you know, so just got to stay the course because everyone bobbles the ball, you know, and we all have those plays, but at the end of the day just got to keep on pushing, especially when you're having a game like he was having, having a great game.
1: All right, Draymond Green there. Yeah, that was one of the unfortunate moments tonight from Jonathan Kaminga. But, again, that is bound to happen. Young player, not going to play well all the time or for every play. But tonight was one of Jonathan Kaminga's best games of the season. All right, final couple of minutes here. 888-957-9570. We do have a couple of calls to get to before we call it a night. So let's go to Dennis in San Francisco here quickly on Warriors wrap-up. Hey, Dennis. Um,
6: you know, I uh... – you mentioned that clay played didn't play too well tonight and he didn't play well last night either. And, uh, uh, but Steph didn't play very well tonight. And the one, I think there's the one thing about them getting older is that before Dylan Brooks would never be able to stay with Steph, but he did tonight. And, uh, you know, they're on a back to back or whatever. And, uh, and I heard you last week, I think, wasn't I mean, not last week, the week before, said, you're tired of hearing about the Warriors fans saying that when they lose, that they're too small. But the problem is they are too small. And they got away with it last year, and they're not getting away with it this year. But all the second chance points that they get against them, and, uh, it's unfortunate they traded that seven foot one kid, you know? <laughs> and uh, thanks,
1: thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. No, I mean, look, you're entitled to that opinion. It's also reality that James Wiseman wouldn't have played a second tonight in all likelihood because he had been deemed not good enough to play in the rotation ahead of Looney or Draymond or Jemichael Green or anybody else that the Warriors have played at that, at that center spot. So, look, I've also said that trade has the potential to look pretty bad. Both things can be equally true. Uh, as far as Wiseman goes, like Wiseman wasn't going to help this team this season. That's a fact. Wise, the Warriors not waiting for Wiseman to become a good player in two years could also be something that burns him in a big time way. And again, you know, could they have another veteran playable big to to clog it up a little bit? I think that's absolutely fair criticism. You know, why why didn't they go get a, a guy to play the Pachulia role? You know, that you could just throw out there for a couple of minutes against certain teams. It's not going to be in your finishing group, but he can at least slow down the ability for, for a team to to dominate the offensive lap. That's fair, and that's something they're going to have to look at moving forward as far as their, their roster composition. But for the most part, nobody... That there isn't another player that they could be playing that would be preventing that because you still want Steph Clay, Draymond out there with Wiggins. You're going to want Poole out there. Like they have enough, you know, you want Looney out there if he's playing well. So it's not like there's this magical player that's just going to be a part of their fifth closer, uh, you know, in, in the lineup. But no, fair point to bring up Dennis. Will and Berkeley gets the final word here tonight on Warriors wrap up. What's going on, Will?
6: Yo, I called you this morning, so I get the final. Yeah, um, appreciate that. Man, I'm telling you, you know, I think the league has finally cracked the code. And I think <laughs> the frustrating part is, yes, we don't have any confidence or any competent players assisting, you know, Clay, Steph, and Dre. And if you notice, we haven't been losing by 70 points, 80 points. You know, we've actually been in the 100s. So that means that the offense is doing well. But like I said this morning, I think it comes down to the fact that Mike Brown is not in the presence of, you know, the Warriors' greatness anymore. And so the defense is lacking a lot. And so we have a lot of gaps. There's a lot of turnstile, you know, plays going on where people just roll through the middle and just come in and just like take over. And also, you know, leaving a lot of these three-pointer, you know, three-point shots open. So I think our defense is really, really hurting. I don't know who is the coordinator behind this, but they need to get it together and really, really, you know, find a come to Jesus moment.
1: Yeah, thanks. The Warriors do miss Mike Brown. The other, the other flip side to that is, and and I do think Mike Brown helped obviously the Warriors' defense with the players they had more than he's helped Sacramento. But Sacramento won again tonight, by the way. Uh, They might win fifty games. Like they are eleven. Like they keep racking up wins on the road as the Warriors rack up losses on the road. They're sixteen games over five hundred. Like they are, they are forty three and twenty seven, tied for second in the West with Memphis, and they have twenty two road wins. The Kings are the Kings have more road wins than they have home wins now. Twenty two and thirteen away, twenty one and fourteen home. They won in Washington. They're they're just piling them up now against teams that have quit and and you know teams whose seasons you know are kind of going through the dog days of March and and they still want every single game. You're not going to find a bigger Mike Brown fan than than JD. There, there, there's no doubt about it, and he's doing a wonderful job. And I think the the Warriors do miss him, but. What are you supposed to do? Like The guy was here for six years. He was waiting for an opportunity where he thought he could become a head coach with a team that he thought he could lead to do big things, and he waited for that opportunity, and he got it. Like To me, you can't not be just thrilled to death for Mike Brown and, and his ability to, to do what he's done. All right, that'll do it. Thanks to Sterling Bennett, everybody in our San Francisco studios. Again, we'll talk to you on Wednesday night as the Warriors beat the Suns 123 to 112. And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.